1: Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. It is September 18th, and yesterday, Atlanta United played what I thought was its best game of the year, but had to settle for a 0-0 draw with Philadelphia, arguably the best team in Major League Soccer, a team that had scored 23 goals in its previous five games while allowing just two, but couldn't put a shot on goal against the Five Stripes. The Union were held to 0.16 expected goals, which was their lowest total this season, and also the lowest allowed by Atlanta United this season, which posted its second consecutive shutout. Now, while a point is good, it is not good for the team in its pursuit of the playoffs for the fifth time in the sixth consecutive season, or sixth season, because Cincinnati and Orlando both won. So now Atlanta United trails 5th place Orlando by 5 points, 6th place Cincinnati by 5 points, and Columbus, which plays today, by 1 point. Now each of those teams has at least one game in hand. Columbus, because it has yet to play this weekend, has two. So Atlanta pretty much has to win out, which includes games at New England and against NYCFC, which is suddenly hot again after stumbling for a long time, to really have a chance to make the playoffs. It's a tough, tough road. But the team has kind of put itself into this hole partially by bad luck with the injuries, partially just by poor play, partially by giving away points late in games earlier this season and in the middle of this season. Let's go through some of the stats just to kind of illustrate why I think this was Atlanta United's best game. First, you have to take in the quality of the opponent. Philadelphia is leading the Supporters' Shield race right now, but Atlanta had 59.6% of the possession. 1.33 expected goals, 16 shots, 6 on target to Philadelphia's 5 and 0. It limited the Union to 72.9% passing accuracy, which is really, really low for a professional soccer team. Atlanta won nine corners to Philadelphia's 2. The Union were forced to foul 17 times to Atlanta United's 13. The difference was Andre Blake, who made two made one incredible save of an Edwin Mosquera shot. He and Jacob Gleznas stopped two other shots. Gleznas cleared one off the line. Atlanta could not put the ball in the net. And that's kind of been an issue all season. Joseph Martinez, in his limited minutes, led the team in shots with three. Brooks Lennon led with two shots on target. Brooks Lennon led again with four chances created. Santiago Sosa led with 60 completed passes. Tiago Almada with... 20 completed passes in the final third. Brooks Lennon with 15 crosses attempted. Alan Franco with nine recoveries. Atlanta dominated the game. So afterward, I asked manager Gonzalo Pineda if he thought this was the best performance this season by the team.
2: Yeah, there were a few very good performances, probably because of the opponent uh, and the moment they were, uh, or they are. Uh, yes, probably is the most complete game that we have played. Because of the opponent, but I felt that there were too many games similar to these, and we couldn't get the result. But I mean, it, it was—I'm very proud of my players. I'm very proud of the passion, the heart, the fight, the the mentality, but also the good football that they performed tonight. Uh, obviously, we cannot be satisfied because we felt that that we should have won this one, as many others probably. But this one hurts because this could have put us already in in a playoff position for a little bit maybe, but at least tasting a little bit of that. Anyways, the team did very well. If we continue like this in the last two games, for sure we need now two two victories and combined with another results, we can do it. Uh, But very proud overall for my players.
1: And then I asked Pineda, what was his focus tactically that enabled his team to hold the union without a shot on goal?
2: Good possession good possession not just possession but good possession of the ball i think uh, and, and what i call control you can digest and analyze today's uh, game that for me is control that is not just having possession on our own half on our own third no is having possession disrupt the opponents from goal kick from build up from our own half three four passes we should be already in between the lines or in the final third putting pressure numbers crosses I felt that in the first half, we, we couldn't really do that. We were very good in the build-up and getting in those half spaces, isolating 1v1 or 2v1 on the flanks. But after that, we were lacking a little bit of aggression in the final third. Uh, but, but in the second half, it was much, much better. Uh, and that helps to make them come back so they don't have easy outlets in transition. Then their midfielders, Gazdag was doing a lot of work defending Santi. So now it was almost a 2v2 situation, but not in good position for their forwards. At times, we were a bit worried about that 2v2 on the back with Alan and Purata against their two nines. But Andre Goodman was just half and half. We we showed the players' film at halftime about that, Santi being half and half. so So he's aware of that man for man on the back but also he can continue with the pressure uh but that is the active defending is the good possession in the attacking half make them chase make them recover and then the active defending and the immediate reactions that we had towards uh the moments we lost the ball was very good especially in the second half
1: and now because Atlanta hasn't had a lot of luck this season they finally have some momentum but now there's an international break so the team will not get to play for two weeks so ask Pineda, how does he try to keep this momentum going uh, when they don't get to play again for two weeks in these final two games of the season?
2: Uh, well, uh, giving them rest. I feel like now in this part of the season, it's, it's the last part, even though I'm a very inexperienced coach, uh, I know how it goes, right? I know how it goes. In the seasons, at the end, you know, everything, every little detail. Uh, maybe you're a bit more tired, a little bit more upset at decisions. We as coaches, we see a reaction of the player. Oh, yeah, like because it's been a long time. Players, whatever we decide at times, oh, again, we're doing possession. Or I understand all of that. So now we need a little bit of... Relaxed, three days off, uh, guys that are going to the national team, they're going to be hyper-motivated. We're very happy about the four of them. Caleb Wiley going with the U-20s to have very good games in Mexico. Uh, The two guys in Venezuela, Ronald Joseph, going to, to Europe. That's very good. And obviously, Thiago Almada. Staying here in the U.S., that, that helps. And, uh, and hopefully seeing minutes with the national team in Argentina, I mean, it's massive. So they're going to keep their motivation up. We're going to make sure we rest. And then we continue working in, in, in certain things that we, need, we think we can improve. Uh, so I feel like it's going to be a good, good two weeks of preparation before we go to New England.
1: I think Pineda throws in inexperience just to be a little bit cheeky about things. Uh, Amar Sadich. I was in the locker room and agreed to talk to me um, so you know I asked him if this was both encouraging and frustrating encouraging because they played so well but discouraging because they not get the three points
0: I mean, yeah. Uh, I think I don't think Philly felt like this all year long. Probably, I think we were kind of uh, yeah, foot on the gas the entire game, and uh, it's definitely disappointing not to walk away with three points. Um, but nonetheless, I think it was, uh, it was a proud effort by everybody, and um, yeah, I think we just got to finish out this year strong with uh, two games left, and yeah, see where it goes. Was Blake the difference today?
1: Uh,
0: yeah, you could say. That that um, the post was also the difference um just, co- just like
1: your shot against orlando uh,
0: yeah just, just a couple situations that a little bit unlucky but uh nonetheless yeah i think i think everybody on the team played very well from the guys who came in off the bench it was a uh, very good performance
1: say when he talked about the post he hit the post with a shot it was similar to the shot against orlando that led to uh atlanta's goal but anyway that's neither here nor there anymore. Uh, Alan Franco, who's been playing really, really well uh, with this consistency in the lineups and stuff. This was the first time this season that Pineda has been able to use the same lineup for three consecutive games. So I had some questions for Franco. And that's his music you can hear in the background of that Sadich clip. It's a uh, reggaeton, I guess, Argentinian reggaeton. Uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, it's a gigantically large speaker that it plays out of, too. I, I think... Franco probably gets a workout just by carrying that beast around. But here's some, here's some noise from Franco. Two consecutive shutouts, including winning against a team that scored 23 goals in the past five games. What were you all doing that was so effective today?
0: We, we've been working really hard every day uh, preparing for, for our opponents. Today we played against the, the leader of the league. Um, and, yeah, we knew it was going to be difficult, but today their their goalkeeper was uh, was the player of the game. I think we played really well. I think we, we deserve more, uh, but he made some really great saves, and, and he was the, the figure of the game.
1: How much has it helped the team that you've had the same starting lineup now for three consecutive games?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, we've, we've been training really hard, and the fact that we've been able to play that, that same lineup, it, it helps us uh in confidence the, the fact that we've been able to keep the the same lineup but i think it's a balance um but yeah it's, it's just trying to find that that right balance but we we are growing in confidence uh maybe maybe that's that's one of the reasons but we just have to continue
1: how do you keep this going now that you have a break and everything stops for a week and a half
0: I think it, it depended on the, the kind of result that we got today and we are able to get one point, um, a very valuable point against a good team. So now we have a bunch of guys who are going away on, on international duty. Uh, the guys of us who are, who are staying here, we just have to rest. Um, so we'll, we'll rest and recover, uh, come back better after the break um, and we just gotta we gotta keep it going.
1: So the other guys who are on international break, Pineda mentioned Caleb Wiley, who's gonna be in Mexico City with US under 20s. Diego is going to Miami to catch up with Argentina. And Joseph Martinez and Ronald Hernandez are going to Austria to uh, catch up with Venezuela for these two games. This is the last window before the World Cup. Um, So these are the the teams that are getting ready uh, in their preparation for Qatar. And that's exciting, the World Cup will start in November. Now we're gonna go to a break. And we'll come back with, uh, we had one phone call and then into some more questions about the team sent via Twitter and the emails. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution keeps you informed on the news that matters to you. And now, for a limited time, you can get six months of unlimited digital access to the AJC for just 99 cents. There's a little wordplay in that promo, limited and unlimited. I don't know who wrote that, but that was well done. Politics, investigations, breaking news, sports, dining, and more for less than a buck. It's our best offer for the best journalism in Atlanta. Go to subscribe.ajc.com podcast to get unlimited digital access for the next six months for just 99 cents. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. So you always know what's really going on. Our first call, our only call comes from Caleb.
0: My fiance and I were at the match and we noticed that Marcelino and Joseph before the match during um, when the players were out uh, warming up, Marcelino and Joseph were kind of just standing there on their own, weren't really participating in either of the kind of groups. And so I was wondering, because you guys, the media kind of get to see them in training sometimes, I was wondering if maybe you'd noticed that during their training sessions, if kind of like people like Marcelino and Joseph kind of don't really participate as much, because we just noticed, and they never really did kind of get into it. They went over and did some drills, but other than that, like they didn't really look like they were trying real hard. I mean, it's just warming up. But it did kind of take me by surprise just to see the two of them standing around, kind of just chatting.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good observation. Um, that's typical for Joseph in in the warm up and the training. Um, sometimes he goes a little bit harder. Sometimes he just kind of stands around some. But in training, in the in the training sessions at the practice facility, Marietta, no, they're both they both go full bore uh, from the sessions that we can see. Moreno uh, was a. Do not play. That's the third consecutive game. He was a do not play, did not play, did not participate. It seems like, uh, I've said this before on the last podcast, but it seems like he has fallen out of Pineda's plans for the roster. Um, I'd be surprised if he's still on the team. MLS released the off-season dates earlier this week. November and December will be a busy month for a lot of MLS teams with some roster decisions and expansion draft and things like that. We'll see what happens with Moreno. I think he could be a good player for a good team. It's just the the situation has got to be exactly right. All right, now we're going to go into some other comments from the Get Fresh crew. I'm kind of embracing that that title for y'all. Adam says, I'm spent, exclamation point. For my money, that may have been Atlanta's best effort this season, and I'm thrilled the crowd stepped up in support. From our end, it looked like the ref was wildly inconsistent in managing the hard contact calls. I don't think that cost Atlanta the match, but it probably impacted the play. Thoughts? I thought he lost a little bit of control earlier in the game, but I thought he he did okay in the remainder of the game. At one point, he was about to give a card, or he was talking to the wrong player, Philadelphia player, on a foul, and that had to get straightened out. Um, But I thought he he picked it up. And Adam continues, I'll leave it at that for now because I'm otherwise very pleased with the day. If Atlanta finishes the season with a five-match unbeaten run, That would say a lot about their potential for 23, even if without Joseph. I agree. Dylan says, hey, Doug, another exclamation point. This is a question for the pod. Another exclamation point. This is like the episode of Seinfeld. I put on my jacket because it was cold. Exclamation point. Dylan says, I listen every morning an episode comes out, and I love to get my Atlanta United stats and news to keep up with the great work. On to my point. Watching the game tonight, if you hadn't seen these two teams, you would have thought they were the best two teams in the league. The way we controlled the game, it felt like we were just an inch away. Exclamation point. Also, holding the union, who seemed unstoppable, and preventing them from even getting a shot is a feat in itself. Exclamation point. My question is, how do you think this will affect the course of the squad, Pineda as a coach, and our playoff chances? Question mark. Thanks for all the hard work, Doug. Exclamation point. These are good thoughts, Dylan. And I'm just I'm just tickled by the exclamation points. I don't know why. I'm a goofy dude. I think you're starting to see that with a consistent lineup and with healthy players, experienced players, Atlanta can be a, a really good team. They've got to get the striker situation sorted. They've got to get somebody up there who's going to score consistent goals. I don't know if that'll be Joseph next season. He's come off the bench a few times. He's looked okay a few times. Um. It's hard to describe his effort as being 100% because I don't know what he's being asked to do tactically. But it doesn't look like he's making the runs that he used to make. But that's just my observation. Going back to Martinez again, Laurie says, why is Martinez not starting games? Because Pineda likes Dom Dwyer and Ronaldo Cisneros' efforts in running through the channels and trying to stretch the back line and those things. And Joseph uh, must not be doing those to Pineda's satisfaction. Kevin says, I couldn't watch or listen to the match since I'm out of the country and everything was geo-blocked, even the radio stream. Parenthetical weird in parenthetical. In your mind, did Atlanta really dominate the match as much as it seemed on Twitter and just unlucky to score due to Blake? Or were there issues with Atlanta's finishing? I saw where Araujo had another wild shot. No, no, they dominated the game. And Blake definitely prevented, and Klesnes, Atlanta from scoring. The shot by Mascara, he said he thought it was in. He was already about to celebrate. And Blake kind of reached behind him and pushed the shot away. If you watch the Dortmund-Schalke game yesterday morning, Schalke's goalkeeper did the exact same thing. It was a little bit like the Stefan Fry save in the MLS Cup when the goalkeeper dives and kind of reaches back behind him to push the shot away. And then Glesnitz, of course, cleared that shot off that fantastic pass. I think it was Sadich to Brooks Lennon down the middle of the field like it was going to be a goal, but Glesnitz stopped it enough Well, Blake got the first deflection, then Gleson stopped the second shot, and then the third shot, and then Blake was finally able to get on the ball. And in our final question, Rama says, I guess you have to take the draw against the best attack and defense in the league. It's a bit disappointing with how good Atlanta looked, but apparently Blake is just a god. But in all seriousness, what do you think the team was missing? Atlanta looked like they were mostly beating every guy on the pitch beside the keeper. Well, that's kind of the keeper's job. That's the point. The other team's trying to win, too. Or try not to lose. And Blake did what he was supposed to do. Sometimes you just got to tip your hat. And he has done that consistently against Atlanta United. All right. We are wrapping up this podcast, this Southern Fried Soccer podcast. I don't know if we're going to have another one this week. The team's going to take a few days off. There is no game next weekend. If there's some news, we will hop on and try to do something. I will still have some content. Reader took a lot of time, Michael Rich, to compile a spreadsheet in which he looked at the team's percentage of possession goal score goals allowed and results for since 2017 and i'm going to try to digest that and write something that is reasonably coherent for y'all to read at some point this week you're also going to see my name attached to a georgia tech football feature because i'm pitching in to help ken who busts his booty um so anyway that's me this week as always hug your loved ones communicate with your loved ones y'all take care the AJC's trusted veteran political voices Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy Tia Mitchell and Bill Nigut are the essential source for Georgia politics the Atlanta Journal Constitution's politically Georgia sign up for the newsletter download the podcast subscribe to the AJC I'm Ernie Suggs race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal Constitution and I'm Ned Ravone lifestyle columnist